Yeah. No, no, I um, was uh, didn't run when I was young, apart from primary school, and then uh, didn't do much after that, and only started the running, yeah, about that 10, 12 years ago, started looking into it, so... Yeah, it's been a bit of strange progression to be running fast in the 40s instead of the, the 20s. Good everyone, that was Dwight Grieve. I'm Matt Raymond. I'm Eugene Bingham. And this is Dirt Church Radio, interesting conversations with interesting runners. Doing podcasting is hard work and we have people who support and sponsor us. It takes a village to raise a podcast. That's right. Like Further Faster, who are Mm. the most amazing independently owned outdoors. Award-winning independent. Award-winning independent outdoors retailer located in the championship city of Christchurch. Really is champion city. Yeah. Yep. Go, so see ja- go see Jacob there. Lamont. Just yeah. go down there. Champion today. calves. Can you bring Jacob out, please? I mean, not to, not to, what's the word? Objectify him, but God damn it. Yeah, objectify him. Um, it's like he's carved out of obsidian. He is. I think he is, actually. Yeah. Possibly. Anyway. How they've made him, you know, it's oh, amazing. Anyway, so uh, they, their physical store is in Christchurch. Sindham Street. It is. Buchan Street in Sindham. Get in there. Get, Get in, in there, there. And have a look around. Uh, go to one of their bar evenings. Yeah, they've got a dog that serves you beer, Badger's Bar. Yeah. Lots of community events, her mountain calls, furtherfaster.co.nz. That's where their non-physical store is. Amazing brands. And I recently had an experience, yes. I must, I'll say. So I bought a jacket for Suzanne. I bought a skirt for Rebecca. And it was the wrong size because husbands too. make those stupid mistakes. Yes, they do. And I had to send it back. So did I. And it got sent back lickety split. So did mine. With the right size and I was... In the good books again. So was I. And I was really grateful for their service. So, so was I. thank you. And that was, I I didn't pull any Dirt Church Radio strings. Neither did I. I didn't even say Dirt Church Radio. I was just dealing with the distribution people who this were fantastic real. to deal with. This was real. And I just, you know, so those kind of relationships, those kind of, sorry, um, stores and quality. service. Quality. And curse you, European sizing. That's true. Furtherfaster.co.nz. There you go. Just that good. Mm. So another great bunch of people Scott running Yeah Traction matters Traction matters There's a tiny ginger weeping into a pillow as we speak But she's not here Yeah And we are um, Scott running The Grant guys has been with us since day one He's our ride or die And Scott running is fantastic Check out scottrunning.nz That's why you're flying down the hills Yeah that's it Scott running Damn them Damn them Anyway Scott running Grant guys um, Support them they support us. Thank you. My spring energy. Yeah. How I, was the uh, wolf pack? I, yeah, so I tucked into a wolf pack for breakfast. What's it like? Uh, it was, I, I liked it. I liked it because I always struggle with what I'm going to have for breakfast before a long mission. And I had a long mission recently where, because normally I don't eat anything before I run, right. which is probably bad. But anyway, I do that. So, on occasions when I think, hmm, I should have something to eat, I, I'm in two minds about what I'm going to have. And you've seen the evidence of some of the stupid crap that I've shoved down my mouth I have. before long missions. But yep. the wolf pack mm. was the answer that I have been looking for. Really? Yeah. Is it good? It was good. Does it taste good? It tasted good. It felt good in my guts. Mangoey? Mangoey, uh, oaty. Yeah. Um, Do you think they should have gone with mangoat? What? As the name, you know, the relationship. Like the wolf pack. Sage Canterbury and you know, oh, like yeah, mango Kurt sandwich mango or and mango. I mango. see what you did there. Probably a bit fusky sounding, but yeah, Wolfpack probably sounds yeah, better. Wolfpack is much better. Uh, but yeah, it felt good and it fueled me. It fueled me. It didn't give me, you know, I sometimes of the stupid crap that I've eaten. Um, it sloshes around. Twelve or, cream eggs. Yeah, uh, leader slosh- of Mountain Dew. Leader of Mountain Dew. Coco Van. All of those. Coco Van. Mm, that year that I combined them all, switched yeah. them all together in <laughs> a bottle. And that smoothie. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't done that, honestly, maybe. Uh, no, this, the Wolfpack was perfect and it, it sat in my stomach beautifully, didn't move, um, gave me fuel and was the perfect supplement to my day. And then I fueled myself on my spring energy products throughout the rest of that mm. 11 hours and they were mighty fine. I didn't, I didn't could, get sick of them. I didn't. You know how normally with gels you get sick of them. Yeah, yeah, I like them too. They're, they're sustaining yeah. and tasteful. I was actually looking forward to them. <laughs> <laughs> I 
If you go to myspringenergy.co.nz and type in the code DCR Spring, you'll get 10% off any Spring Energy product as well. DCR Spring. DCR Spring for the man goat. Dirtchitch Radio. Episode 77. Sure is. Of our summer edition of Dirtchitch Radio. That's right. I counted on my fingers and toes for that one. Because I'm losing track of how yeah. many shows we've got. 77. There you go. 77. All the sevens. And this is another truncated show. It would be like seven, 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 seven. Come on. We're truncating this. To fit in life. <laughs> right. Yes, we are. Back to normal next week. Yep. Yep. But we will have this week a greatest one ever and a terrific interview. Yeah. It's a real gem, isn't it? It is a real gem and happened a few weeks ago when we were down in Tiano, uh, the day before Kepler, yep. where we sat in... Dwight Greaves home yep. to speak to him. And if you don't know who Dwight Greaves is, he is a local legend in Fiordland. He's one of the policemen yes. who works out of Fiordland and uh, an amazing runner and human being, really, who yeah. is proof positive of the transformative uh the transformative nature of running. Yeah. We you know, it's yeah, he's got such a great um story to tell uh of that transition into running, yeah, and and life really, yeah. You no, know, it wasn't just running. It's yeah. he, you know, he, you know, safe to say. He, well, spoiler alert: he turned his life around, didn't he? He certainly did. Um, so, it's a great story, and you will enjoy it. But first, we will bring you a greatest run ever, which yep. you will also enjoy, absolutely, because that's the part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to actually. Maybe, maybe for this year, we should say it has to be a race or a mountain summit. Do you think? Yeah. No, no, we shouldn't. No. It might just be a run around the block. Something that's sung to you for some reason, send it in to us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com or via our social media. Absolutely. And this is from Marcus Dawes. Hey, guys, I've been enjoying your podcast since it kicked off, and I have been meaning to write on my greatest run ever since then. 70-something shows later. Oh, it seems like a lot. I've run out of excuses to procrastinate further. The Chosen Run has changed a couple of times, but there's been a common culprit in all of them, running with my brother, Tristan. While growing up, my my younger brother and I weren't all that close. There was brotherly love, but we weren't very. But we were very different personalities and clashed plenty. In our late teens, we took the opportunity to go travelling through China and Southeast Asia, and it was here we realised that our differences were important and what make us unique. But there was plenty of overlap that has become the focus of the strong relationship we enjoy today. We love travel, hiking, certain bands or films, but one of the greatest gifts we share is the love of running. I moved to New Zealand 10 years ago from the UK and we meet up every couple of years to find an event or plan a mission in the hills and get out to challenge each other and catch up. We recently met up in France to crew for the New Zealand team at the 24-hour World Championships and got the chance to sandwich in the event with two epic adventures in the Pyrenees in preparation for his first ultra back in England and for the Kepler for me the following weekend. However, I'm going to go a bit back, further, back a bit further to our first race together in New Zealand back in 2012, I think. The Cody run out of the Coromandel is a fantastic run event we picked up. <laughs> Sorry. The Cody run out of Coromandel Town is a fantastic run event and we picked two thirty we picked the thirty two kilometer run, which would be our longest run to that date. I'd become pretty fit at the time, training for an Ironman and running with the Hamilton Hawks, but this was a big step up for Tristan. We set up we set off steadily across the beach and as soon as we got into some winding single track with a few water crossings to navigate, each time I had to wait on the other side having splashed through as he nervously tried to rock hop across to keep his feet dry. Meanwhile, a queue developed behind him of impatient runners chomping at the bit to get past and on with their race. It was quite hilarious and inevitably futile. A steep ridge takes you up to the tops where you run across farmland with views of e- views to either coast on a perfectly bluebird day. This was running Nirvana and we ran, walked, joked, put the world to rights and caught up on the previous few missed years. We stopped and chatted with the awesome aid station crew and demolished their stash of lollies and then cruised to the road end overlooking the finish in Coromandel, or so we thought. Then the race kicks up a gear, a steep road climb to a radio tower, then a right turn into some very gnarly rooted track. The adventure really begins. Tristan was seriously flagging by this point and it was really going to go beyond his comfort zone. It was great to be able to be there and help him home to find those limits, which would seem like a normal Saturday long training run. The track eases off, the steady cruise down to the finish, and welcoming cheers through the town meant job done. Well, not quite. Brotherly rivalry kicked in as we rounded the playing field. 50 metres from the finish, we needed a fierce oh, no. sprint to claim glory. <laughs> we adopted the proper crouch position, eyed the goal, ready, set, and he was already off, the cheating swine. Long before the gun fired and I took the finishing, and took the finishing line victory, a hollow victory, 
commentary, but I think we both won that day. There were no records, but one to remember forever. Kerry Suter had been long finished after winning the ultra distance event, and he came up to me with an unforgettably tongue in cheek wrap up of my efforts. He said, "Well done. You either really, you're either a really good brother or a really shit runner." <laughs> Tristan and I have both stepped up to ultra distance this year and have shared some incredible adventures, but it's a sunny day in the Coromandel that still brings a grin to my face when I think about the journey we've taken to get here. Thank you both for all your hard work and passion you pour into this awesome community, Marcus Dawes in Hamilton. Well, thank you, Marcus. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I love the plot twist at the end. Absolutely. Um, and I ran with Marcus a bit at Kepler, and um, yeah, it was, it was fun. Thank you. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Dwight Grief. So Dwight is someone whose life has been transformed from running. Mm. Uh, he talks about being sort of a, a typical Southland guy in his 30s, Invercargill family, working as a painter decorator, and then started running. Mm. Fast forward several years, he's now a policeman working out of Tiano. Who so, you wouldn't want to run from? He, no, he would be futile. <laughs> um, he... You know, still a very devoted family man, uh, keen advocate of running in Fiordland and the benefits of the structure and everything that goes along with it. Um, legend at Kepler. And around the top five, isn't he? was it? sixth mm. place coming home in 453.13. Oh, and he was the first. It. No, I'll, I'll say now. He was, the right. first, he was the first Masters athlete. Um, and... This was amazing. This was really it was a great chat. Sitting yeah. in this man's lounge, which was about a thousand degrees, having um, seen the pile of wood outside. Yep. Holy moly! That Holy man can moly. stack firewood. Whew. Like a boss. Yeah. All right. So Dwight Grief. Ditch Radio. We're rolling. We're sitting with Dwight Grief in his lounge, face to face interviewing on Ditch Radio. Thanks for having us. Not a problem, guys. Good years to come down to Tiana to come and see us. Oh, it's amazing. It was. It's you know our second time down. Well, second time down here with Dirt Church Radio, and it's amazing. Um, how's it going, man? How's the training coming along? Yeah, good, good. This year, uh, I'm rolling up for Kepler number ten, and uh, I had ten in a row. And this year, honestly, training better, feeling better and faster than I've ever been. Wow, it's good. Yeah, that's because I mean it's been quite a progression. I mean, for those you know, you've had. Those 10 years, or 10 plus years, I mean, it's not like you were running much before that, hey? Yeah. No, no. I um, was uh, didn't run when I was young, apart from primary school, and then uh, didn't do much after that, and only started the running, yeah, about that 10, 12 years ago, started looking into it. So, yeah, it's been a bit of strange progression to be running fast in the 40s instead of the, the 20s. Yeah, it, absolutely. I mean, it, it, I understand, because I didn't run in my 20s either, and all my 30s, or my, my bit of my 30s but you know that sense of unlike Eugene who's run for his whole life starting running later definitely it sort of opens your eyes a little bit doesn't it changes your perspective maybe yeah yeah no it was a definite um life change for me and it become with a whole heap of changes so therefore I found it was um more self-confidence and to trust myself to do things and the running just come as part of that and then understanding that hey yeah you can do things Mm. Yeah, and the the running was one of those things that's pushing boundaries of because I started pretty much straight into the marathon and ultra running. So yeah, because I mean you were and we we did we, we did research. <laughs> you were living in Invercargill. You're working as a painter decorator. Yeah, that was one year as a painter decorator. Um, pretty much sitting on my mask, not doing much to be honest, just right. cruising through life. Mm. And I was overweight. Um, so all up, it's between, oh, I've lost count of what I've officially got to, but um, I've lost about 16 to 18 kilo right. for when I started doing it properly, just complete life changes, and it was time to change, had the kids, change life, decide to do something different, and um, that's when I looked at joining police. And just, yeah, from there, just confidence to actually, yeah, get off your ass. You can actually do things, and you can, you can be someone. Yeah, right. Yeah. Was that, you know, that's a, not just the running-wise, but, but in terms of your career and everything, what, what was it that made you, you know, think, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, I'm going to make these changes? I'd say the biggest thing was uh, I wanted to make my, my kids proud of me. Yeah, that, was, that was probably the number one thing, to make the kids proud of me, 
behind that as well was, hey, I need to make more money. I've got a family now. <laughs> that was there as well. But it was, I want to do something and have a go at something to make the kids proud. And and it was really cool because once it started bouncing off each other, these things, like between the work and I, and I was getting success there, getting through, and then the running and it's starting to get a bit of success and they sort of bounced off each other and supported each other to give you the confidence from one to the other, plus balance in life as well. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool progression, and, and it just gone from yeah, not so confident guy to now I'm happy to sit there and talk to two strange guys from up north uh, <laughs> on a podcast. Wow. One stranger, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> is that, I mean, that's you know we we'll spend a lot of time talking about the running, but but in terms of the the career, I mean that's to go. To go into it in your in your thirties into that career, um, to jump in, you know what was what was that like to to make that leap and to join the police? Oh, I, I think it's the right time. To be honest, in hindsight, now I've been in there uh, over ten years now, and um, no, it, it, you you need life balance, mm. and you need to have perspective on life and and with people's issues and understanding what those issues are and how they happen and how people work. Empathy, understanding just makes a huge difference. As these, uh, if you're youngest, you, you often don't have those skills. That's right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's such an interesting dichotomy, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you know, you're a public servant and you have uh, the law, which is adversarial in its nature. It's this versus this. It's quite black and white. Well, it's black and white. Obviously, you either are, or you, you know, you either meet a threshold or you don't. But that's right. There, it's quite a simplistic view to think there are. Good people and bad people, you know, and that's yep. and and I see police because I rub up against police quite a bit. Not rub up against police, but you know, <laughs> yeah, a bit of clarify that. I have sometimes so, but, so, yeah. something you want to tell us. Here? Yeah, no. <laughs> White whips out his notebook. Uh, that's right. It's um, you know, having encounters with police, and you see, you, you can definitely see people who have the more life experience and their yeah. their way of navigating through, which could be potentially. Um, Difficult situations or fright, you know, it, ones requiring force or an adverse outcome. You can see people just sort of navigate through that. And it's generally, like you said, it's the ones yeah, with a bit yeah, more kind of. Yeah. And, and I joined thinking everything was black and white. Right. And it's often I think of the view of the public do have there's black and white, there's, there's good, there's bad, there's right, there's wrong. Yeah. No, there's so much grey in the middle. Absolutely. And, and, and there's so many factors and issues behind things. And that's the bigger picture. The bigger picture is not to punish somebody for doing something, one is to stop the immediate danger, but then you've got to what's the problem we need to solve here to prevent it happening again? And that's yeah. the bigger picture. Is that system yeah. stuff, hey? And that's yeah. The... yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so you, so running police and then police in Tiano. <laughs> yeah. That's dream job, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so I come up here actually for the uh, highway patrol job, for the traffic cop job. Right. Um, never in my life would have thought I was going to end up being a traffic cop. If, if you went back to when I was 17 and 18 and what I was doing with my mates in my car and their cars, you, I would car never it? make it. Because <laughs> we're about the same. What sort of car did you have? Oh, oh, my father was very clever. So what he did is he helped me buy my first car. So he helped me select a 1.1 litre Ford Escort. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hindsight, it was a very, very bright move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I paid him back for it, and uh, he never took the last $100 because he said that means he owns the steering wheel and will have it any time he wants back. Thank you. Nice one. <laughs> wow, that's that's good. I, I had exactly the same car. My sister paid, was a Ford Escort, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah it's paid 700 bucks for it. And it was, oh, I got ripped off. <laughs> I paid a grand. It was quite a while ago. Um, and I, it had ridiculously, it had a tow bar on the back. <laughs> I don't know what you're telling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a major thing down here, I guess, in terms of and you know thinking about running in life and dealing with just the you'd need to keep a calm head dealing with people in cars with speed, danger, quite existential yeah. stuff, and making sure that you know you're getting people to where you need to go safely and your engagement with them is calm and all that. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely found now I'm kind of numb to most things. You don't get um, emotionally too upset or angry about anything. Like when I first started, things would people would have a go at you and you, you'd take it as a personal attack. Now I, I, it's, it's, I, I find it quite funny, quite good. You know, you stop quite often. People you get a, a, 
a knee-jerk reaction from people. You stop them, and they'll turn around. And the worst one I had is I just had a guy went down the window. He's, I can't, if I remember correctly, 113 or 114 or something. He went down the window, and I walked up to the window, and he said, you're just an officious revenue-gathering little prick. And I went, oh, okay. Good um, morning. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm... Yeah, that's that, that, that's that's great. Uh, look, I'll just do the bare minimum I need to do, and I'll get you on your way as quickly as I can. And I and I did that. Just got his details, went, did what I could as quick as I could. Got back to him, and I come up to the window, and he turned around, and he was about to. He said, "Look, before you say anything, I've got more to say to you." And I went, "Oh, here we go, round two. Let let it go." And he turned around and apologised. Yeah, right. Actually, yeah, and he said, oh, "No reason to treat you like that, and I'm sorry that I did it." Which, which really reinforced to me is if I had reacted at the time at the start. He would have then built up, carried on with his thoughts, yeah. and then for walk, driven away thinking cops are assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas in this way, he's driven away, and he's got my message about why I'm stopping him. Right. Which is what the job's about, isn't it? Yeah. It's about preventing injury and death. It's not about revenue gathering. Revenue gathering, which yeah. which is oh, we won't even get. That's a whole podcast. <laughs> We're not even going there, but I can promise you, that's got well, look, nothing I mean, to do with it. I guess it's that thing, isn't it? It's it's that sort of. And we've talked about it on the podcast on with other guests about like we go to these pristine wildernesses and there's this wildness and we go there on foot, but we have to drive to get there. Driving down, I mean, you see some stuff and you think, goodness oh. me, this is dangerous. Like this is like, yeah. And as a nurse sitting there, like, oh, we're going to have to stop. Mm. I don't want to stop because this is, you know, like, yeah, it's horrible. It is, is what, it is bizarre what we see and what we deal with through here. We just would not think I've seen it all. It happens again. Right. Um, just the last three weeks, I've had to ditch my patrol car in the gravel to avoid head-on crashes. Huh. Normally three, four times a year in the summer, I'm, I'm heading to the gravel. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's just uh, amazing. I just, I just love to take everybody. We've become complacent. Just take them to these crash scenes that I'm dealing with to see the harm that actually these people and what these people has done to people and how mm. simple it happens. And then, then I'd love to drag them around to their family's houses and yeah. show them, well, we've got to explain this and tell this to the family. We become complacent. We become distanced from it. But if you actually see the harm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Particularly when you look at how many homicides there are in a year and how many deaths by road. Well, right. this is right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I guess that it's set up for it long straights. Windy roads. Oh, everything! It's everywhere. Single here, like single High volume. S- s- actually, it's the single vehicle crashes here are our highest cr- our number of crashes. But uh, it's often distraction, tiredness, fatigue. Um, but the really serious, serious injury is often is those those head-ons because there's so much more energy. That's what causes injury. Is energy? It's that simple. It's that's the maths people is forget. It Newton's fourth. Is it the fourth law? For every action, there's is not an equal opposite reaction. reaction? Yeah. yeah, so yeah, hitting yeah, something yeah. and it's. So you you put it in. In, in the perspective, you're just driving a big heavy piece of metal at X amount of metres per second, Into another and it stops. We're soft, squishy things. Cars mm-hmm. aren't. Trees aren't. Pair poles aren't. So, yeah, we, we, we seem to, just because we drive, we forget these things. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we, saw, we encountered one yesterday who overtook us ridiculously, and we were, che- we were going in the car, where's Dwight, where's Dwight? <laughs> then about... What, a couple of kilometres down the road? One of your compatriots. One of your compatriots had pulled someone over. We were like, yes. We actually started, we were clapping as we drove, but like cheering. He was the third person. Driving like an idiot. Driving like a man. And it's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Where are you getting to? And I guess this is, it's interesting conversations with interesting runners, but I guess the the underneath (laughs) this, no, but underneath this is it's important because you're making split decisions. You're dealing with people and you're calm. Yeah, physiologically calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do find like um, interesting. Even uh, some of our shifts is very late and very tiring, and that. But being fit and healthy, yeah, you're fine. Makes well, everything better. Yeah. yeah. When I used to be in Invercargill working, I'd work night shifts and you'd work all night long. And everyone else often would just be falling over and and rugged. But I was I seemed to be able to get through fine. Uh, my diet was better for that. Yeah, right. Because I'm eating better. Yeah, I did, yeah, I, it's yeah. basic. If, if you're you're running and doing the exercise, you naturally just gravitate towards good food. Absolutely. Yeah, not all the time. Hey, I still eat my my bits and pieces, all the rubbish and the chocolate, and have my, I, I enjoy my my wine and my beer. Yeah. But it's just a lot more moderation. Brilliant um, context. But yeah, that better food. Yeah. Is as you seem to to be. It's better for you. You feel better. And being a shift worker and being a fellow shift worker, it's that I un- I was looking at the thing about your training and about how sometimes you have to fit in, like if you're on call and you take, you do these 15-minute laps from 
And when I'm on an yeah. afternoon shift at the emergency department, I'll put the phone in my pocket and do like a one kilometer loop <laughs> yeah. around the hospital. And it's because fitting that training into your life. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. It's just about setting those. Well, if, if you're going to run correctly, um, you have to stick to the pattern. You have to be dedicated. You have to make it happen. So I do a lot of cool, well, I call it cool things. Just you make it cool. You make it interesting. Like I said, I've, I've got to be sometimes within 15 minutes responding if I'm on call. So I park on a piece out here between Tiano and the control gates exactly halfway. And then I'll run to the control gates and then I'll run back to Tiano. Then I'll run to the control gates and I'm bas- basically eight minutes each way. Right. Yeah. And just, but it's a great piece of trail. And you just set your watch to try and do even splits for the whole run. Sure. Depending on the nature of the run that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, go to the local park, turn on Strava, see if you can paint that bad boy red. Yeah, right. Just run. It looks bizarre when you're going <clears throat> round and circles and across and through and zigzag and all. Oh, oh right. You're trying like I'm trying fill to, it in. I'm <laughs> trying to fill that bad boy in. I'm trying to fill that whole screen in with red. That's excellent. I've, I've never. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people paint like obscene gestures and write words yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, but I've never seen that's that's a new one. That's good. So that's, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I guess part of what you uh, as a runner um, have learned is making it interesting and making it what it is. It's, you know, you could think of, oh, I've, I've got to, you know, do 15 minutes out and back. Oh, God, this is going to be so boring. But you make it a challenge. Yeah, make it a challenge. Change it up. Try and do it. And if you're, um, you've got to, otherwise it can drive you through. So I've been training correctly for probably seven years now, six, seven years and that's every day, pretty much. There's only probably six to ten days at the most per year while I won't run. Right. Yep, so I run every single day, and it's all, um, yeah, and, and just changing it up and doing it and having those focus things and, yeah. Like, I even finish late at night, throw on my headlamp and go and run on the Kepler track. I mean, and part of, oh, it's actually quite cool. Oh, no, it's quite cool. There was, cool. A, there was yes. a tut of, yeah. there was a tut of, like, I oh, just want to do that <laughs> because see, I love that. Yeah, to see how many deer I can see. Right. I mean, I'm a hunter. I love it. seeing how many deer. It's not about killing the deer. It's about seeing the deer. Yeah. I, I see quite a few deer out right. there and all that sort of thing. And huh. yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. What's the what's the furthest you've been out overnight? Uh, like, finish well, at like two and then. Yeah, after work, often some of the shifts were ten o'clock finish and be out midnight. Right. Yeah, midnight to one o'clock if you're doing a three air. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. We have one of the coolest ones was with Mel Law actually. Yeah. We came up here before the high five O. Right. And we um we'd been up to the top of Luxmore and back and then he was doing the, the vertical challenge to try and beat his mate. So he turned around and said to me, Oh, I'm going back up to beat him. Yeah. Because he's just ahead of me. So we did it and we hit it at five minutes to midnight, wow. top of the mountain. It was it was it was really stunning, just a stunning trip. Yeah. Yeah. The people in the heart must be just like, what are they up to? Yeah, what are they doing? <laughs> they do. It's it's awesome. And, and even other runs where we've started like really, really early, Greenstone Cables, and there's hunters coming out of the hut. Right. You've already done half the track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. You're starting yeah. at three in the morning. Oh. Um, and all that sort of, it is. It's some of those runs that are so epic, so cool. So you say you're talking about your training, and I know that that's one sort of facet of you. You know, very very disciplined with that. With do you periodize it? Are you doing like I know that you do a lot of speed work. Do you do specific blocks where you'll do like VO two work and then go to sort of lactate yeah. threshold, or do you mix it up each yeah. week? No, no, no. So um, each week has a purpose, and each run within that week has a purpose. But at the same time, uh, I will look to peak three times a year. Right. Normally, that's all I'll. All I looked at really it's realistic, peak. isn't it? Yeah, it's realistic of of why I'm running now in my tenth keeper in a row because I'm not injured. Yeah, sure. I, I get niggles, but I, I'm not actually injured. Very rare that I'll, and if I do, it's normally a minor calf tear. Right, and I can fix that. You know, it's a standard. It's a standard five week process. But um, yeah, so I, I depending on what I'm doing. So for the Kepler challenge, uh, I do big blocks of um, longer reps on a Tuesday. Right. Yep. So Thursdays so, goes out. What from, are you talking about? Like mile repeats? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I do mine on time. So I do them on time. The purpose of doing them on time is I can take that to anywhere in New Zealand on any trail anywhere, and I can do my repeats. Yeah. So uh, that'll be five minutes on, two minutes off. Right. Yep. yep. Three minutes on, two minutes off. Those sort of ones as my base. Yeah. As I get closer to race day, we'll shorten them up. So I, I, I could be doing uh, three minutes on, one minute off, sure. or uh, bring it down to one minute on. One minute off. So at the end there this week, there have the last two weeks been one minute on, one minute off. And do you do do you run to heart rate or pace or do you do perceived exertion? My 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 pace, what I feel is hard. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So I I I do have a flash watch now, but I haven't had it that long and I don't run to it. 
no, how you feel. You run to it how you feel. Yeah. And that's where a lot of that I found was when I first was doing the ultras and doing okay, and I said to my coach, Sean Campwell, uh, he was giving me aid, help, advice, not coaching me then. I turned and said, how do I go fast? And he just said, track. Right. He said, track. You've got to do track. Because if you can't run 800 metres fast, you can't run um, 3K fast, which means you can't run 5K fast. Lydian, you can't run 10K fast. Yeah, it all is. You can't run a fast marathon if you can't run a fast um, 800 or a reasonable 800. So going way back into that, yeah. So it's all about taking your body into these periods of training blocks. You build your base. You get your nice, big, massive base. Then you start adding your speed and what you need for that race is that is ahead. Now, New Zealand Mountain Running Champs. That was 2018, right? Yeah, last year when I actually you know, went to the Worlds, and that was, we're throwing in hills then. A lot of undulation, a lot of small rises. I don't go climbing Luxmore, small undulations. I would go hill hunting, I'd call it my Thursday, which is local park and golf course, and hunt every little hill up to right. up to 10 metre climbs, just up and down and round and up and down and up and down and up and down, just round and round all over the place. Um, if I'm doing track, I'm talking speed work, I could be doing uh, uh, 800 metre reps. You know, in going good pace, you do a lot more speed work, and your race build-up is five weeks of speed work, like hardcore. Yeah, and normally that involves a couple of what I call, well, what are vomit sessions? Yeah. You're ripping yourself a new one. You yeah. really are. You're going through the max, and it's built up built up strategically and correctly. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, you can't just suddenly go out and decide to do those vomit sessions. You've got to have built up. You've got to have your base. You've got to, you've got to build on it, it's a, and it's a process, isn't it? So how much of that, you know, you, you came to running, I guess, without much knowledge of, of running. So how much have you relied on, on your coach and, and, and learning along the way? It's as simple as uh, I was injured every single year for up to a couple of months of the year, and my best Kepler was a 6.13, and I was running normally around six and a half. 6.13 to 6.25, I think I was doing my Kepler's. Got the coach, automatically dropped below 6, automatically now doing below 5.5. And, right. and I'm not injured. Sure. It's, it's so much. The, the knowledge of the coach is just amazing. And also, you can teach yourself. It's, I mean, this what I do is basically based on the Lydian's principles. Um, but you can teach that to yourself. But it's also really, really good to have that outside person looking at you, and he'll just the coach will just turn around and go, "Dwight, I've noticed this." And you go, yeah, oh, right. I didn't notice that, you know. Mm. Yeah, and and I've been with him long enough now, like six, seven years, whatever it is now, and I, I I'm I now guess what he's going to tell me to do, and then he'll and he leaves a lot more of it to me now. But I'll go to him, hey, I'm looking at this, this, and this. And he goes, yep, bang on. Maybe a minor adjustment or something, yeah? So the knowledge of someone like that is just amazing. So it's that objectivity that he's, he gives you. He's, he steps outside of, like like you said, like you've got, and I guess that's the thing with the coaching relationship, isn't it? You, Over the years, you've got imbued with a lot of knowledge. You know the workouts, mm. but he still steps back from you and goes, I can look at this. Yeah. I've got the overview of that. Yeah, he's got the overview of everything, and he's got everything written down and documented that he, he knows what I've done in the past and where I'm at. And even this year, um, he could see I, I uh, had an easier first half this year after I had a big year last year. I needed a break. I had a couple of niggles, tendonitis mm-hmm. and bits, just minor stuff. And family balance. You know, there's a lot of training every day and all that. Yeah. So we took a bit of a step back, did some lesser events as such and lesser training as such. And then we said, right, Kepler, we're going to hammer it. So I had a big, beautiful base for the Kepler. And he's able to, um, this year, go, hey, we're, we're looking really good because you've come out of that longer recovery. So my reps have been increased. We've done more. When I've turned around and said, oh, we'll be doing 20 of these, he'll go, nah, 24. Right, you know, wow. oh, we'll, do, we'll do 12 of these. He says, no, 15. Huh. You know? And I'm going, yeah. It's also psychological. I know I'm hitting the race this year going, I've done more than I've ever done. I'm feeling good. Yeah. So this is and the biggest volume of training. Oh, not the 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 quality. I guess it's not volume, isn't it? It's it's the yeah, quality. It, of it, it, so it's have... quality and volume as such. But, but when not... you when you first start, when I first started with with him, like uh, say my my five minute on two minutes off, I'd do eight. Now I'm doing twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Yep. Uh, for my Thursday, which is a strong run, so still the ability to hold a conversation, just mm. type level. That threshold kind of Yeah, level. yeah. And I, I was starting them at, you know, an hour 40. Now they're two hours for the Kepler. Um, long runs goes from two hours out to um, three. You know, so it, it all builds. 
Yeah, and I guess that's the the beauty of having a coach is him being able to say, you know, do those extra ones, do that extra three, four, or or not. You know, like this week actually, mate, I think you need to back off. Whereas when you when you when you're just coaching yourself or you know going off your own feedback, then you don't necessarily get good advice from yourself, do you? Yeah, you you often trick yourself yeah. into believing what you've seen is what I must do. Yeah, it's yeah, in writing, yeah. I must do this. And mm. if the coach does go, hey, look, you need a break. You haven't had a long enough break. You haven't had this. That's, it, it, it's gold. Mm. You've also got to know yourself too, though, because quite often he'll say to do X amount. And if you're doing it, you're feeling, hey, I actually feel crap. Well, don't do it. Mm. Don't do it. And then he'll back you up every time and say, no, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, he, he can give you the perfect and he can give you what he's seeing. But, yeah, you've got to you've got to know yourself as well. Yeah, and and that with me can be often is with my shifts. If I'm shattered and I've worked overtime and I've done all sorts of stuff, I've got to back off. You can't do it. No, you can't. I've, I've got a mate here who's a tra- he's been training with us and he's a fencer by trade. Yeah, and look, face it, some days he's smashed himself. He's carrying <laughs> strain a post up dirty grip bloody hills. We were just thinking that when we were driving down. Hey, we were looking. We looked up at one of the ridges and we were like, "There's fence posts up there." Like yeah. some poor bastard has. Yeah. yeah, you should see this guy though. He's built like a freaking tank. He, he is, is yeah. ripped. Yeah. He is absolutely ripped. It, yeah. it guts me so much. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> he turns up to trainings and is, you know we have hot trainings here doing the reps, and he just rips off his singlet. He's running around. And I'm just looking at him, going, "You bastard!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a brutal life though. Hey? Well, not not brutal, but like it's it's. Again, it's a life that you have to take care of yourself, I'd imagine, or you kind of yeah. you could knack yourself out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. So again, um, I'd say guys like him doing the training we're doing is actually going to be really beneficial for his life. Yeah. Like he's fit. He is really fit anyway and a good sportsman. But he's actually looking more in um, uh, coast to coast and that sort of stuff right now um, right. And, and that sort of thing. But he... Um, he'll have a better understanding of his body for his work as well because of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it does pay back. And the same same as even my work. It's not as physical, but I know how my body works better. You yeah. understand your body better and, and it, mentally what you can go through. And it's not, I think it's with the work that you do, I mean, again, with that shift work and the intensity of the intensity of the mental strain, I think that's the thing, isn't it? You can come home and... Not be physically tired or be physically tired yeah. if you're mentally tired. Mentally shattered sometimes. Sometimes you deal with stuff. If you've dealt, when I've dealt with some really horrible, horrible stuff mm. or whatever, I just come home, drop my gear, and I just say to the, the family, look, I, 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 I can't deal with this right now. I'm putting on my shoes. I'll be back in an hour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, that does it. That does it for me. Yeah, just the running is often just clearing everything out and clearing everything out of the system. And yeah. Mentally, like, exercise is proven. For mental health, it's, well, I mean, it's, it's proven gonna, over and over. It's going to reduce yeah. your blood pressure. It's going to do all those things, and it's a better strategy than coming home. I don't know, hitting the piss, or coming home and yeah. shouting at your kids, or that whole yeah. thing. Hey, and, like, and, and and it can happen. I've, oh, I've done absolutely. it. I've done it. You Me can. Too. You get all this built up. You just yeah. need to process it. Yeah. You just need to deal with this away once you're away from work because that work it's it's 100 percent. you're yeah. dealing with this you're getting it done you're getting every, even when you're back in the office after the incident oh. you're still dealing with this yeah. and getting the pressure because they're normally pressure situations afterwards about what the aftermath is so then to come back and be able to put on the shoes it's quiet no bloody headphones sorry not listening to podcasts while i'm running but <laughs> and <Either> just <laughs> clear the mind yeah. and then just enjoy what 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 you're doing out there pick yeah. a cool spot and go yeah do you, I mean, just for pe- people who will be in that situation, do you actually, what's your advice to them? Do you actually, um, I guess, do you decide th- I'm going to do this or is it just the process of the running that, that helps you do that? Or do you have to kind of kind of maintain a state to be able to shed that stress to be able to, or does it just naturally happen? What's, how, what's, what's the secret? Yeah, it just seems to happen. Normally it just seems to happen. You just run and think of, other things so sometimes I do internally process I'm processing while I'm running of what I've dealt with and what the outcomes what I'm going to have to do next and that sort of stuff but then by the end of the run it's not even really there mm-hmm. it's gone I've, yeah, I've, right. I've taken all that weight I've sorted that and now I'm just sort of concentrating on what's around me or deliberately uh, focus on the on some more positive stuff mm. yeah right yeah. Focus on what I'm doing next. What's what's coming up on my days off, or what I'm going to do when I get home with the family now. Say, right, I've done that. Going to go home. Going to have a beautiful meal. I'll sit down. We'll do something with the kids. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm prepared then. 
really put it into its context yeah put it in its box yeah and in other times like even before i started the running believe it or not to try and even when you first got home because of course everyone's got something else going on you got this other life and everything's on i used to come home grab a book and go to the toilet for 20 minutes right <laughs> when you were in place yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. at the start just to create that gap i didn't even need to go over crack right yeah i yeah, just yeah. went to the toilet and sat there and read a book yeah because no one's going to come and see you are they yeah <laughs> well you'd hope not <laughs> and i guess that's the thing with family and it's this whole i mean the public perception of you as a as a policeman or other you know we all have high stress jobs mm-hmm. and but when you get home your dad or your do you know yeah you you're not getting parade or <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, yeah. like i don't i'm a child i'm egocentric i don't have a understand i mean you did work today cool this is yeah. what i need right now yeah 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 even wife and the kids here the job's the job they don't even they 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 can't fathom i don't think or understand the no. things we do they, they they don't need and sometimes if you have had the hard ones i think it's really hard for them to realize that you're just not right Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, you know, you understand that. And but we do become quite good at an edge of it at separating the two the two worlds as much as you can. Yeah. Being in a small town, it's harder. Yeah. Very much harder. People <laughs> like there goes the cop. Yeah, that's there he it. goes again. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and quite often the running's good because people in the town see me not just as the cop. That's right, as a runner. It and, humanizes and, you. Yeah, and and they see you as a good, healthy role model. And and particularly with the athletic club here, the field and athletic club. I'm actively involved in that all the time, and they see that. You're doing positive stuff within the community, and that really helps too. Mm. And, um, yeah, they see you as not just the cop. You're Dwight the cop, Dwight yeah. the running cop. The mum and, you know, the, the dad of Paige and Hunter. The, yeah. Yeah, the whole, the whole picture. Yeah. Well, Dwight. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? It's yeah. that human, human interaction. What's the moose call at the athletic club? <laughs> we heard about so, the moose yesterday. Yeah, yeah, so the moose call, so... I try, oh, I'm trying to remember who actually officially named it the Moose Call. So anyway, this goes back to um, when the, the club started taking off really well again and we uh, had quite a few at the South and Cross Country Champs and uh, a guy by the name of Richard Slee, they own a um, large station and other farms down in Blackmount, down here, they turned up. And we're running the South and Champs, busting away, then from a, we're running either side of a creek and as Richie went past, he gave this massive scream and then his son did it Tom, the wee bit after that, and it, we, I just sort of adopted it right. and just throw it in there when there's any of our, our guys out there. So then we just really just throw it out there and just do it all the time, and it's just us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, is that based on the the Fjordland moose? We 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 learnt about that last night. We thought. It well, was it, I, I can do it for you here as long as it's not going to blow anyone's ears out. Well, maybe we'll finish off with it. We'll, we'll finish back. off at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it was to do with well, when it started. Like I was doing it at athletic events and some of the others as well, and all over the like the New Zealand Masters athletic stuff and everywhere. Yeah. And um, it might have even be Michael Ray, I think of Wellington from Wellington Athletics and that up there and he he named it I think it was on Facebook or something it was the moose call because right. the moose story was going around about the field of moose way back <laughs> then so he, it got called the moose call so yeah, yeah. yeah so we adopted the moose as our mascot that's fantastic <laughs> that, but it is it's that primal I mean we've again something that we've all done I'm known for giving it not a moose yell but like a, a, a just <laughs> yeah. just comes out of you sometimes hey that yeah, sense of where you are and what you're doing and and, on your and your support for the other ones running, and yeah. just a, we're a group. This is yeah. us. We're out we're there. We're we're here. We're supporting each other. Yeah. yeah, and and others love it too. Find it, and we do other things. Like I made up this damn. Um, we got the mascot for the club mascot. Even the, the sandfly. I mean that that <laughs> developed out of the most bizarre weeds. That was fun actually. That was, yeah, that was fun. It was Scott, the guy by the name of Scott and his wife, Lila Bolesky. Anyway, they play practical jokes on each other all the time. They do. He's a sprinter, actually. Right. And she's an ultra runner. She, well, she's run ultras and all sorts. And um, we turned up, and the whole idea, she was running the ultra, and I wasn't doing any events, and neither was the husband. And um, we got dressed up in these morph suits to freak her out. Right. <laughs> and it just started. And I, we had fun. It was a great, the Nasby, great Nasby water race. So we said, oh, this is fun. And we just spent the next, like, two hours freaking out all the runners, just doing all sorts of dumb stuff, running beside them. We never said a word. Right, just, right, we just yeah. jogged beside them, staring at them and, and, and doing cartwheels and forward roll in these morph suits. So anyway, we, oh, we're getting to the point someone's going to punch us. So we, so, so we quit that, and I come back and went, that was fun. Oh, I've got an idea. Let's make one for the club. So I made one up, and then someone thought, oh, it looked like a bloody sandfly. So I went and put wings on it. <laughs> 
Mixed leagues. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so now he goes all over the place and magically appears all over the place. So I'm officially his manager. Um, <laughs> no one actually knows who the sandfly actually is. So yeah. um, he's, he's a mysterious man. Yeah. Might be on for Kepler one year, the sandfly. He could actually magically appear at some stage. He, he, it could happen that he's going to be. Yeah. He hasn't, he hasn't made it to the Kepler yet because often um, his manager doesn't manage to get him out because he's meant to maintain some form of reputation within the towns. Right. But, okay. But, okay. I think after the song, I think their reputation's gone. <laughs> so, I mean, we're we're on the eve of the Kepler Challenge, and we're you know, you've done this will be your tenth one. Mm. How? I mean, that's tenths in a row. Yeah, yeah, I've managed to do a ten in a row. Fantastic! Yeah. And this will be the first alternate course you've run because they have changed. The yeah, course. yeah, yeah, alternative course, which is um, it's, it. it Two ways I've looked at it. One way, look, I was I was looking at PB this year for definite, right? And I, and I was still with that magic goal in the white back of my head, five fifteen. Huh. Okay, so I, after we knocked it back with the coach, the coach said, "You can do five fifteen. Everything has to fall into place. It's unlike like if I go uh, during track season, I can go. The coach before the race will say, "This is what you're going to run. This is your time. Where you go." When you get out to the ultra and, and this, hey, things change. So many I can bugger right? it up so many ways <laughs> um, where you can salvage a 5,000. So um, I was definitely looking this year, hey, I was going to give it a nudge and go for it. But, hey, it's alternative route. We have a race still. I mean, the weather's been horrendous. Yeah. And that lake is so high and everything's so muddy and mucky. So who cares? We can't do it. So the pressure's off to do the PB. That doesn't matter. But now I'm going to race it. So I'm now going to turn my focus onto the others ahead of me. Right, I want a a better placing now. Of course. That's the goal. So that's where the focus and the goal will go. So if I blow up this year and blow out of the top 10, that's fine because this year I'm going to go. I'm going to try. How many of the 10 that you've done have you come like podium or top 10? Yeah, so last year was my best, got got fifth. Yeah. Um, But I've had uh, eighth, ninth, and 12th, I think, the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was how they've gone. What is it about Kepler? I mean, people do keep coming back. They get hooked on it. I mean, obviously, it's your local race, but but there's something really special about this race, isn't there? How do you encapsulate that? I, I like I started racing this before I moved here, right. so um, it's one of the reasons I come here. To be honest, it is one of them. Um, it's normally because the town embraces it. I think we it creates this atmosphere. Everybody has come to this beautiful place from all over the place. Where all the town embraces it. All the runners are here. It's just the atmosphere of talking and meeting people and go around. I went into my gear check in. I think I had eight hugs and handshakes and stuff. People I meet sometimes I haven't met them for twelve months, but I met them at other races. Just really cool people. Yeah. And the course is also. Um, I mean, it's a challenge, obviously. It's 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 a challenge to do sixty k, but it's doable. It yeah, is, yeah. It's a doable challenge, and for a lot of people, the Luxembourg Grunt that's a life challenge. That's not a simple run. That's pretty cool if you can get up there and back. So also, I think it, being that that challenge, the way the track's set out, it's also um, good for all sorts of runners. Yes, like it it doesn't suit just one type of runner. I think the best of the all-rounders, if you're a flat, fast tempo runner, you've got the whole back half of the, the field is yours. It's your it's it's yours for the taking. But the front half is for your mountain man. Yeah, yeah, If yeah. you're a really great climber and descender and technical, technical. Then, then away you go. And if you can mix both and be good at one and not bad at the other, whatever, you're in there with an, and do a good run. Mm. And how do you balance it? How do you eat? The whole nutrition thing, the whole, yeah, refining that, I found is huge. Oh, what do you use for yeah. nutrition? So uh, I've always found when I run at higher intensity, I struggle with food. Right. So I tried earlier on one square meals, which were amazing when I was going hunting and all that sort of stuff. And then um, just during the race, it would that's a lot. Right? It, it would hurt. Yeah. It just hurt. It just really did burping, farting, gas, pain, all sorts of stuff. So what I have got to because I'm also gluten intolerant now, huh. um, not by choice. Um, now I stick to uh, tailwind. And uh, Hawley's gels. Right. That's me. That's it. Yep. And yep. I'm, I'm, I'll have a gel at the start. Then I'll go on the tailwind. Um, then after the hour, hour and a half, when I get back down from well, up across the tops or past the hut and that, um, I'm banging a gel every half hour. Yep. Just keep banging them back. Yep. Just keep chucking them back. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they don't interrupt your stomach and they don't, to keep chucking them back. And I've found now that I do that, I'm I'm getting more energy throughout the race. Right. It's yep. working for you. Yep. 30, 35 minutes. That, that's why I've worn a watch in the race, just so I know my half air. 
Keep banging them back. Yeah. Because you're tired. At the start of the race, I have set a plan. This is when I will eat. And tonight I'll, I'll sit down and I'll lay my jays out, my jowls out, and I and my, tell what, I will have my plan set. Right now I have a clear head. I know what I'm doing. I know the race. I know the course. I know everything's going on. There's my plan of how I'm going to keep up my nutrition and hydration to the maximum. I've looked at the weather forecast. I know it's coming. So I know when I'm out there halfway through and I'm feeling buggered and I'm not thinking straight, I told myself when I had a clear head what I was to eat, so I'm eating. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, unless I've got an upset stomach. Sure. Which, since I've gone to this plan, does, it doesn't happen, so. And you will you take on more calories because co- it'll be colder tomorrow, do you think? Uh, sometimes it has. If it's, It depends on the cold. Like, it's still picking 14 degrees. So right. um, if it's that, then I'm fine. No, not a problem. It's only you'll find when I, and I do, like, obviously train here in the winter and that, some really, really cold conditions, snow and rubbish and sleet and rubbish. Yes, you, you actually need... You seem to burn more then, but no, tomorrow I'll be fine. Did you see the way that he looked at us Aucklanders with that face of just like cold? What are you talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rolling around on the lawn with no shirt on. Well, that's quite warm. We're sitting in, for those, it's it's a visual meeting, we're sitting in uh, Dwight's lounge slash. Dining room, the fires are raging. It's nice and warm in here. And and that stack of firewood out the front. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. that is just so impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't like cold when I finish my runs, I can no, tell you that. No, no, I like coming home and being nice and warm and nothing like a nice fire. Absolutely. Yeah. There's something about it, isn't it? What, it sure what's is. been your most meaningful, or what's been the Kepler that's sort of the one that's sung to you the most or stuck out in your mind has been oh, the best? Oh, Jingos, there's been... There's been I think there's different ones that have had different things. Like the first one, I was about a K out and I heard Noel Walker's voice. Yeah. And and I could almost see the control gates cross the river and up the river. And I, I actually had a tear rolling down the eye. Yeah, yeah. Just going, wow, I've done it. You know, I, I run 62K, you know, that's freaking awesome. Mm. And that was cool. And that was before I really took on the, the other, some of the ultra, ultra stuff. And then um, when I hit the PB, when it really made a big difference to a sub five and a half, that was like, wow, that's cool. It worked. You know, it worked. And I, I often find, even though quite often I'm emotionally flat throughout work or whatever, quite often, I often hit that finish line and I normally really pump myself up that last 10K. I don't do the Kepler shuffle. I smash that for that thing. Um, I swear, I, I, that's the no, focus. That's no. the mental side of it. And when I hit that line, I'm just so emotionally fired up and absolutely snorting flames and right. i hit it and I've, I've i come across that line and it's just if you've got it right it just yeah, yeah you're just busting and I, I end up making an idiot of myself at the finish line i really do but i'm just pumped i couldn't give a stuff i'm absolutely pumped off my face you know yeah. so um to hit the line under that's been really really cool and last year was one of those years last year was was probably one of the the best feelings when i got fifth my time wasn't the fastest but the course was a bit soft whatever uh, but i hit that that 10k to go and i was running in ninth and and again, this is what a lot of people running this thing. Huh, you were ne- ninth with ten k to go. Ninth, ten k to go. Wow. So so it's that thing where a lot of people forget about these races. I turn around, I actually stopped my stopwatch. Right. Stopped it and went. I'm not going to get a PB. PB's sure. gone. Right. I'm going to restart my watch from Rainbow Reach. I'm going to do the fastest ten k anyone's ever done on this bloody track. Okay. And just put the hammer down. What'd, and just. And what did you do? I, I can't even remember what the time was. It was it was around forty. Yeah, I think around 40 or just over 41, maybe. So minute, maybe the four Which, people in front of you, or the, the, yeah. out of the eight other people in front of you, you passed four of them. That's yeah. great. Yeah, and I managed to to um, get within 20-something seconds of the next guy, too. Huh, I didn't right. see him, though. I didn't see him. <laughs> if I'd seen him, oh, no, actually, I probably couldn't have given much more, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because there's that last little climb just before you get up to the control gates. Yeah. It's quite steep, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is quite, yeah, it is quite, quite steep. 16-minute uh, hill, I call it. Got, yeah, um, when I first started running, it was called eighteen minute hill. Right, so okay. sixteen minute. That's when on my training runs. But I was, I went up the. Uh, I was on the top piece, looking down, and the next two guys were at the bottom of it, just to climb. And they looked up at me, and I just gave them this huge grin because I was away. Yeah. It, it, it was really funny because one of the guys actually um, told me as we were running up the hill at the start, he turned around and said, "Dwight, I've only got one goal this year, and uh, that's to beat you. You keep getting me on that back half. You keep getting me. I'm going to have you this year." Oh, good, good. Like, it was banter. It was banter. Yeah. So anyway, we come down with the, that aid station with 5K to go, and he was sitting there getting a drink and had his back turned to me. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. Because I don't stop at that aid station. I'm going. Right. And he just turned around, and his face just dropped, and he went, no, Dwight. <laughs> You're gone. I <laughs> oh, loved it. No. <laughs> and what's, for you, what's the most sort of 
the you said you know you've got to be that good sort of overall runner personally what do you like more of do you like the kind of tempo-y stuff do you like it more technical do you like the climbing what's yeah. really bizarre because i've loved mountains and the trail running my whole career as such running career we've got to call it um but i really like tempo yeah right. it's stupid um, I really enjoy 5,000 metres and, and, and a 10K road race. Sure. I'd rather do a 10K road race over a cross country. Um, right. Just love getting up to that threshold point and just holding on and just getting, I really enjoy it. So, But at the same time, I've, I've done pretty well at mountain running. So I think I've got that balance where sure. I, I can do it. I can do the mountain running, but I probably enjoy tempo more. If that hey, makes any sense. Did you hunt? I mean, there's several trophies in your lounge. <laughs> did you hunt? Or were you a lifelong person sort of going outside? Or again, was that when you started running? and put- No, always been sort of outside, outdoors. Spent a lot of my school holidays white baiting, fishing, went right. fishing all the time. Um, yeah, always done duck shooting and rabbit shooting. But yeah, since we've come to TR now, um, I did, I've done a lot more hunting. I'm right in the middle of an amazing hunting area. And, yeah, you are. Yeah. And this is oh, this has gone a little bit ridiculous in the house now because uh, <laughs> some of these heads need, need to go because when I shot them, that was the best I'd had. Right. But now, like, it is, um, yeah, because part of it is the fitness too. With the running and hunting, what I've got in here was done with some hard, hard oh, walks. Some absolutely. Really tough, um, the biggest head I've got, my mate and I, he's a runner as well, uh, we spotted it from a distance. The deer was moving into cover, and we covered about seven, 800 metres and up this big hill really fast, like... We were right in the vomit level. We were absolutely humming, and I managed to hit it just 30 metres short of before it got in the bush. You know, I could have done it any other way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so. Mm. So, you, so you, as much as you said you didn't run when you were younger, but you were obviously fit and active and getting out there and into nature. That's obviously part of, always been part of who you are. Yeah, yeah, always has been. Always been loving going the outdoors and doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had a knee issue when I got to intermediate age, and that stopped the sport quite a bit and I took back up rugby at 16 um, and then sort of backed off a bit come back to the rugby and I was a the beer swilling rugby playing guy but I, I wasn't very good at rugby because I at that stage I, I I didn't think things out right I was just go out there and just just do it yeah okay. yeah 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 and and I'd looking back now I get slapped myself you know it's just dumb stuff dumb stuff and but I I just I think with age it's sort of processed myself and understood myself and then got onto it yeah but yeah outdoors love it just yeah i, I don't do well in towns in big cities i don't <laughs> you i mean the other you know you set yourself a goal of representing new zealand not as a masters athlete but as the you know the full the full noise and you and you achieved that i mean that must have been an amazing feeling to pull on that single after aiming for it for so long and get to that world champs last year yeah yeah it was it, it was it, it's been the peak highlight it has to be just to to be selected and to rock on up at that start line with those guys was yeah yeah I mean um it's always been that thing you just love to do just love to one day you know where everyone does every Kiwi wants to and when I was young it wasn't even an option you know I never saw myself as any good mm. at, at anything you know not really good at anything so to get there and to build up to that point of and then to go you know what I, I can have a go what's it going to cost nothing I've got nothing to lose. I'll have a go, you know, and to get there and to get selected. And it was that World Mount Running Champs in Andorra to, yeah, to I only put on the singlet once, and that's when I arrived at home to make sure it fit. And then I never put it on until race day. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's special, that one. You yeah, know? yeah. It's special. It's real. And, and just to line up and yeah, just to do it. And I, I run my guts out. Come, you know, mid-packish, that's fine. I, I hit that finish line absolutely destroyed. Well, it's know? context again, isn't it? It's like, yeah, you came mid-pack, it's the world mountain running champs in Andorra. Yeah. <laughs> serious, serious stuff. And yeah, you're wearing the silver fern and it is yeah. a special, hey? It seems to be yeah. that. Yeah, it is. It is good. And, and I, all I can say is I'd love to have wondered what I could have done if I did take out running early. Right. You know, maybe I could have done what could have I done. I don't know. I don't know. But, but then again, you know, you, you it's like you're talking about with the police career. You, you came to this with so much experience with, you know, all that stuff that you built up, all the, the person that you are. That's what it took to get that singlet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and some of the, I can see some of my, yeah, my traits come through of where it helps that sort of stuff, you know. Sometimes I'm determined and stubborn, you know, yeah. and, and I am normally committed, but... Um, 
I think some of the other stuff I've done beforehand also builds up, particularly for the hard, high-end stuff, like the ultras and like the mountain running, um, the ability to suck up pain, suck up the situation, to, and, and, and to carry on. Keep I think yeah, when you're young, it's often hard to do that, whereas I jokingly, well, I, I tell my wife that, you know, I've been with her since um, 1996. She's built up that much pain tolerance to me that um, <laughs> that much suffering over the years that I can do She'd anything. She'd be out on parole now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, thing. you're the sort of the modern day Jack Foster, really, you know, the, in the same sort of way that he, you know, he sort of took up running in his 30s, didn't he? And, and um, you know, to, to make his life better, make his life a bit healthier and ended up, you know, going going to the Commonwealth Games, going to the Olympics, getting that New Zealand singlet. And, and, and you sort of went about it the same way and and, and look what you've achieved. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. I, I, I Like Jack Folsom, there's, there's still another step ahead. They are. And and I, and I can acknowledge that. And I can't go to twice-a-day trainings and all the rest of it to, to take that next level, which is fine. But, yeah, pre- pretty cool. I... And, and, and as I, I look at man, if if I can do this, anyone can. That's you know, thing. Yeah. This, this start, up. Yep. It, it, it was a bucket list to run a marathon. Yeah, that's yep. where where this all began, and to lose weight. That's where it all began, and make yep. life changes. And all of a sudden, if I can do this, anyone can do anything. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be running. It could be it could be anything. You can do it, and it's just a matter of sitting down, understanding what you need, and sometimes that's a specialist like the coach, you know, but. It might not be running, like I'm saying. That specialist could be for people that have problems. It could be counselling. It could be a peer person. It could be anything, mm. or a sport or life, whatever. You can do it. Set your plans in place and you stick to it. You can do it. It's that application. It's that dedication. It's deciding what you want to do, setting a goal, going for it, and knowing that it's not going to be easy, that you're going to be along the way. There's going to be plenty of times when you don't want to do it or you get knocked off the path or whatever. But if you're determined, you can get there. Yeah, and it's understanding it won't happen straight away. Because yeah. that's what a lot of people do. They'll enter the Kepler Challenge or whatever, and they'll say, right, in six months, I'm going to run this awesome race. Well, I've got some bad news for you. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've got a guy here um, down in Vicargill that's taken up running in the last two, three years. And uh, he's my age. He's watched us run and all that, and he's going to do it. And, and he come in, and he goes, oh, but, I'm, you know, for starters, he just wasn't that fast. But... I've tried to explain to him this isn't going to happen in- immediately. You know, you're not going to beat me this year. You won't beat me next year. You won't beat me the year after. The year after that, we're going to have issues. You and I are going to, you and I are going to have some great fun. But he said, it's, you, it takes that build up. And it's, uh, particularly with young athletes, it's hard to, exp- to make them realize do you want to be the best at your high school? Or do you want to go to the Olympics? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's we can build you up goal. and make you the best at your high school. Or we can set you up with the skills and the, the systems that will give you the best chance of making those Olympics. Yeah. And that's seven years' time, you know, five, six, seven years' time, and getting people to stick to that plan. Yeah, do you want to peak in high school? I think that's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> to, I'll get, we'll get to see you tomorrow, and briefly. Yeah. You'll be screaming back towards us. But <laughs> no, we'll we'll, to, this is a good thing. Tomorrow yeah. we'll see him a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Past us. We'll see him yeah. Part, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll be crossing over everywhere. Yeah, we will. We'll be seeing everyone. It's going to be quite... That, that is actually one aspect of this race that's going to be really awesome. Yeah. Is the fact you're going to see everybody multiple times and all the rest of it. and um, It will make it also interesting to see where you are placing-wise. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when we turn the corner, I'm going to know mm. how far ahead people are and that sort of thing instead of... And, and if you can... I have found that in the past, even though people have said to me, oh, they're only just ahead of you. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit tired here. Uh, that, that, that focus is going to lose. But if you know, yeah, and you can quantify it. it might yeah. be time to start looking at your watch, eh? Yeah, then you start yeah. looking at the watch, then you start. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, look, thanks for having us in your house. Really appreciate it. It's much nicer doing these interviews face-to-face than it is <laughs> on Skype. Um, we'll ask you the question we ask everyone who comes on Dirt Church Radio. Dwight, what's been your greatest run ever? Oh, see, this is the really hard one. Because <laughs> um, some of them do do so much. Um, What's the one that pops into your mind right now? Uh, New Zealand 24-hour champs. Which, it, well, the world mountain running for definite. Okay, for definite, that, that goes right to the top of the list. But uh, uh, I mentioned the world, New Zealand 24-hour champs for a completely different reason. Um, I did that in 2013 before I trained properly. And... I finished that race the most destroyed I've ever been in my life and been through so much pain and suffering and it was the most horrible, disgusting race I've had in my life and I would do it again in a heartbeat. Right. Um, you learn about yourself. Yeah. I learned more about my body, myself, and who I am and, and, and that sort of stuff than any other race I've ever done. Hmm. Um, 
pushing yourself. That was the race where I pushed myself over that long period and went through more than any other race, which you see where your, your well of depth is, you know, and, and, and there is no boundaries. Yeah, yeah, right. And that, yeah, and then, of course, yeah, that, that silver fern. I mean, that, 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 that does top it, but one's more of that showy off the gold thing. The other one is that's what life is. Right. If that makes any sense. Yes, it makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much. All right, now let's let's go stand over the other side of the room. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But we want to have the... Uh, how far away do we have to get? Well, it depends how bad the microphone is. Scare the dog. <laughs> Hang on, let me put these on. All right, boys. All right, let us have it. Here we go. One for the Fjord and Athletic Club. Yeah, that blew out the mics. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dan. So as we were going, how did Dwight get on? Oh, he at did really well. He did four fifty three thirteen. He was sixth place, and he was first veteran. Home. Wow! Yeah, okay. that was amazing. Um, thank you, Dwight. That was a great conversation. I, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to those of you whose eardrums we burst, but we just had to bring you that. And I bought him. I th- th- twice I saw him out on the trails. I did bust out my best Fjordland moose call for him. Did you? Yeah, honorary. Uh, and I busted out a dirt radio, radio moose call for me for you. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Didn't. I didn't really reciprocate. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. Email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and other Spotify. Podcasts. Yep, and other podcast platforms, and you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. If we're not where you want us, let us know. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Uh, if you like what you see, please spread the love. Yep. Well, if you like what you hear. Yeah, it would be great. As if I many, don't think you see us. Do you? Do many they? people heard the show as possible, and for that we need your help. We'll be back to normal life love it when you next week. Professional. But don't forget to write in with your greatest run ever. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, for the Faster, Spring Energy, and Cielli. Thank you to our Patreon sponsors, supporters. Yep. Our supporters, our patrons. And thanks. Our, our patrons. Yep. Kieran. Yep. Thank you for your editing. And we have got another great guest lined up for you next week. So tune in. Then, Kakite. Kakite. Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>